Welcome to 20% Time, a podcast from the team at Titan, a web development consultancy that specializes in Laravel, Vue, React, Livewire, all kinds of stuff. My name is Dave Hicking, and I'm here, as always, with my amazing co-host, Susanna. Susanna, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Dave. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful, despite it being a gloomy, rainy day, but that is very exciting. This is becoming a weather podcast, um, which I'm <laughs> super excited for. Um, no, it's... Uh, fall is here it won't be hot after this rain so i'm um, i'm doing wonderful yeah it is it's lovely here i mean i can't complain about the weather it's not hot it's not raining it's kind of sunny but not too sunny so i love it that sounds great for just perfect yeah for, for england yeah yeah i know right <laughs> we had very unusual weather this year so i'm not complaining this week we are joined by two two special guests this might be a first four people on this podcast um, everybody strap in. Uh, we are joined uh, this week by uh, our two fabulous project managers at Titan. Gene Henry, senior project manager at Titan, is here. Gene, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Excellent. Uh, we are also joined by Molly Fisher, project manager at Titan, who is eagerly awaiting her new puppy to arrive at home. And if I'm lucky, we'll be, we're going to get interrupted by, by, by puppy excitement, but I, I fear that's not the case. Molly, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. I'm very excited to have uh, to be on this podcast and to have my new puppy, Dan, uh, come home to us to add confusion to the Titan team. Now, Molly, uh, real quick, this is a side tangent. Just to clear up for folks who listen to this uh, podcast, you are not naming this dog in, in honor of Titan CEO, correct? That, that This name has come with the dog. <laughs> That that would be a great a bit of my uh, application and interview process to yeah. say in honor of trying to get this job. Um, no, <laughs> it is uh, he is named in honor of Lieutenant Dan from Forrest Gump. So, yep, he is Dan, Excellent. and he will be Daniel whenever he's in trouble. Oh, yep. and the, oh. and have you already started to work on a middle name for Daniel when he's really in trouble? Well, I think I might need to put that to the Titan Slack just for to workshop it of yeah. what would be the best three name call mm. across the house sort of uh, puppy name. These are the kind of important questions everyone's missing in the Titan Slack by by not working at Slack. We should include that next time we run a job ad. You too can help pick a puppy's middle name. All right. Um, we could talk about dogs and weather all day. Let's dive right in. So um, what are we talking about this week? Uh, this week, we are talking about something that everybody who's listening to this has to deal with, but I'm guessing everybody who listens to this probably they might have some feelings about. Uh, we're talking about meetings uh, this week. More specifically, the idea that you actually don't have to hate meetings. They maybe shouldn't be terrible. It's a working title. We'll workshop that and figure that out as we go on this episode. So it, to talk about this, I wanted to obviously have Gene and Molly uh, on the show today with Suzanne and I, because frankly, they run a lot of meetings very and they do it very well at Titan. So I want to dive right in. If you ask most people if they'd like another meeting to be added to their calendar, they are not exactly excited by this idea. We deal with this with clients all the time. But I think the whole sort of theory of this idea of this podcast is not only you don't have to, not only do you not have to hate meetings, but they might actually be good at times. I know this is a shocking hot take. Starting off very spicy, meetings could be good. So for, for both of you, uh, what do you think makes a good meeting? Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of people do not like the thought of meetings. But if we specifically think of the idea of what makes a good meeting, I think in its simplest form, it's probably, can it benefit from discussion? Do people mm. have a place to 
engage in a meeting. So I think a good characteristic of a meeting is having a clear purpose and objective. You know, why are we meeting? What are we going to discuss? Um, and is, again, is that actually a discussion point or is that something that maybe we could communicate in another way where a meeting wouldn't be most beneficial? Not only does it have an agenda, but is there a facilitator of that agenda? Mm. Um, and I think, you know, when you're kind of drawing up an agenda, it helps you to focus on whether you're using people's time intentionally on a call, um, you know, everyone that you've kind of invited to the call, if you're the facilitator, for example, do they have an opportunity to chime in and add to the discussion that you're having? Are they going to learn new information or be able to engage in some manner? And if the answer, you know, is no, that probably wouldn't make a good meeting. Um, You know, a good meeting will also have, you know, clear outcomes, aim to close the feedback loop. It will retain focus. So, you know, (laughs) part of that agenda, you know, so things, you know, aren't feeling circular or unhelpful. Um, And there are exceptions to every rule, but I think most good meetings probably won't be more than an hour because there's just a cap where people are sitting down and they just cannot take it anymore. So, you know, short meetings are always nice, but, you know, if it's kind of a longer meeting, try not to make it above an hour and, you know, a good meeting naturally ends on time. I want to attend this meeting right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thank you, Jeet. Uh, Molly, do you have anything you uh, you want to add to that? I think going with the idea of the picture that Jean has painted for a good meeting, imagining on the flip side where you were starting with that idea of if someone says, do you want to have a meeting or can I throw this meeting on your calendar? to any person you're talking to, even if it's a loved one or your best friend, that is, no one wants to hear those words. And it immediately makes you question why you need to gather. But if you instead say, can we discuss insert purpose here? It gives a purpose to the meeting. So have to have a good meeting, that is a meeting with clear purpose. So what Jean's saying about having an agenda, a clear reason why we need to gather, who needs to be on that meeting, and it be a distinct length of time instead of it being something that is uh, unquestioned that a meeting will solve this problem, but then we're not discussing why we need to have this meeting or it's a standing uh, event on our calendar. Um, that's I feel like that's something that we can kind of question about how we approach meetings in order to identify what is the purpose of every meeting and why are we having them? And therefore, how can we make it a good one? Well, I'm going to pick up on that because you say you talk about the purpose of meetings. So I think, I mean, the whole idea of this podcast is that meetings don't have to suck and that they can be good, but are they necessary? Is there a way not to have a meeting? (laughs) Absolutely. Knowing, especially imagining, let's say we had a, a 40 hour work week, and it was only full of meetings. Do we think that we're getting 40 hours worth of work done? Maybe we're discussing 40 hours uh, worth of time. We're definitely contributing to our work environment in that time, but we should hopefully not have our days filled with back to back to back meetings. Um, We want to have those be concentrated points of discussion, purpose, 
meaningful connection with our coworkers and our clients to get a lot of requirements down or questions answered, but to know that we can also do a lot of that asynchronously. We don't need to do every single item in discussion with another person. And in fact, we may not come up with our best ideas if we are solely thinking that if we're on a Zoom call for hours at a time, or um, even if we were in a physical office with one another, sitting in a conference room to talk about things. Sometimes our idea, our best ideas or most thoughtful editing or best requirements writing comes when we're alone and quiet and able to document and then able to give someone else the space to review, uh, edit, refine. And that's whenever we should come together to discuss because we both have something to contribute. Um, so this is kind of taking on its head the idea of let's have a meeting to review this new information I just gave you. It's instead saying let's let's make it a, the most purposeful one hour tops meeting that we can have that it is uh, it's using our communication skills to focus on the purpose of a meeting separate from that async communication. Gene, one thing I want to pick up on that you mentioned uh, when you answered the first question is agendas, um, which I'm sure some people maybe sometimes feel like, oh, do I really need an agenda? We all know what this meeting is for. Um, but you think they're important. I also agree. I think they're important. So, I mean, let's just ask the obvious question. Like, why are agendas important? You know, what problem do they solve for people who are trying to hold a meeting? Why can't they just, you know, do slash Zoom in a Slack channel or, or you know, put that meeting on someone's calendar and, and go? What, why do we need agendas? Yeah, I think agendas help to solve for like unopened chaos that can a meeting can turn into. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah, like you know, I think a lot of times, like Molly kind of touched on, um, people can just say like, let's meet. And I think the knee jerk reaction is like, let's not like, even if it's a friend, you know, let's like, what, what do you want to meet about? Like, you know, if your mom calls and says like, call me back, you're like, oh, oh my gosh, why? You know, what's, what's happened? So right. I think um, an agenda kind of helps to define that purpose and a heads up around what will be discussed during the meetings. I think, you know, a lot of times, you know, as a project manager, you kind of might think of an agenda as like a checklist for a project manager is something that we do and we definitely do do them, but I don't think that they're um, kind of a static document that you wouldn't want to share around. The purpose of an agenda is for everyone to give everyone a heads up. So, you know, if you're at a kickoff meeting with a client, you don't want to surprise them with the kind of topics that you're going to cover. You don't want to say like, Hey, would you walk me through your app? You know, and the person isn't on the call to do that, you know, so agenda kind of make sure that people on the call are the right people um, mm -hmm. to, and they give the opportunity to come prepared and make decisions rather than be surprised. It allows everyone to use their time intentionally with focus around the topics. Um, also allows you to time box conversations um, at the end of the day, I think agendas mostly help to avoid a meeting to feel unnecessary or aimless. Mm. Um, so you can mm. work, agenda can work to prioritize discussion points. It can help yourself plan ahead and create focus. And again, just be sensitive of everyone's time. You know, everyone's time is valuable and you want the meeting to be efficient and purposeful and agendas create that structure around it. Hmm. Yeah, I like how you said that the meetings need to be purposeful, that, that you know, intentional. You don't just want to waste people's time. You also mentioned that 
I think the best time is set up to an hour. So often when you mention, when people talk about meetings, they think about like one kinds of meetings, but there are different types of meetings, right? I mean, I'm not a PM, I don't know. So are there different types of meetings or is it just the whole, you say a meeting is a meeting is a meeting? Ooh, no, I, I would say um, what Jean pointed out of, we want to focus on an intentional meeting. And I think that often imagining um, a typical dev agency's, like each person's calendar is probably filled and they probably have several uh, meetings on their calendar with recurring invites where you just think, oh, well, this is never going to go away or this is that meeting that always exists. They're, they all end up becoming routine. But so we might have a kickoff meeting. We have get to know you meetings. We have daily stand-ups. We have weekly check-ins. We have requirements meetings. We have wrap-up meetings. Like we have all these that even just listing those out and we say we have a link, an engagement that's X number of weeks long. Well, shoot, did we, did we only meet the whole dang time? Like that sounds like a lot of meetings. But yeah. if, we, if we framed it that way, instead of saying, what is the goal behind having each one of these? We want to have a kickoff meeting means that we get to know the client. We get to establish that trust with them. If we have maybe a, a check-in call within our team, we're getting to know how we want to solve problems um, in a possibly a more efficient and like jumpstart way compared to only via Slack. Does that mean that needs to happen every day? Uh, I'm not sure. This may bring up the question of daily standups, but knowing, do we want to demo things to the client? Do we want to ask them big questions and probably their jam-packed schedule so that way they can sit and focus on this project, well, that's probably a good time for a weekly check-in meeting. But if we if we focus on the types of meetings instead of the purpose, uh, if we kind of work backwards and understand each of these has a clear purpose, that's why we're wanting them to be on the calendar, then it adds to the value of why we're doing them. I think on the flip side, it can get really hard whenever, especially in um, agile or different software approaches to say, this is how it has to be done without question, without questioning or understanding the value of the goal. And if that's really the best method, um, we're, our approach at least at Titan is to make sure that we're getting the most purpose and value out of every mm -hmm. single meeting and everyone's time is honored. Yeah. Building on that, like, so you talked about sort of different, some different types of meetings and trying to be purposeful of people's time. Sometimes it's difficult to know exactly when, like when is basically, when is, when does email, you know, when, when does email or when do Slack conversations sort of start to pile up so much that actually a meeting would be better versus trying to avoid the sort of well-worn stereotype, but there's truth behind it, right? Like this is another meeting that could have been an email. Like you want to avoid that kind of situation too, right? So do you have any guidelines or best practices, rule th rules of thumb? I don't know. Insert phrase of choice. Like, is there something where you're like, okay, when I see this, actually we should get a meeting? Yes. I would say at the point where we're, we're either talking past each other. So let's say we're, we're trying out some of those initial attempts because we don't want to just spring a new idea or topic on another person. We want to have an intentional conversation 
around um, whatever content or whatever topic that we need to meet about. So if we're, we've already broached the topic and we've attempted to communicate, we've crafted that message to communicate our intentions, be clear about uh, links and resources and follow-up questions they may have and all of that, we've prepped and we're still talking past each other. Or um, like I said earlier, it's the time where we've given that information to the client, but we know that they need to engage in it deeply, but they have a lot of stuff going on. We're working on their their project 100% of the time. They're able to sometimes only vote, devote part of their day or their work week to uh, jumping in on a product discussion. So having them review it and then knowing, hey, I think it would make the most sense for us to just have you talk through your ideas instead of typing them out to us. Um, I also think it's important to just explore um, that it's not the binary of either it's a single written message mm. um, or it's a meeting because mm. we can have those asynchronous conversations. We can also have emails, but goodness gracious, we're having a conversation over Slack. Could we have a huddle where we don't even need to have a have like a formal talk? Could I send you a Loom video and record a screen share? Could I uh, walk through this? Could I use any one of the tools like Scribe where it documents exactly what's happening in order to pass info along to you? And at that point, it's making sure I'm giving all the communication I need to tee up the other person to give me communication I might need in return or that they can have a thoughtful response. And that's when you're going to get a really fruitful meeting. Um, not trying out any of those in-between methods of communication can be um, a way to, it. it's almost as though you realize you're jumping from one to the other, thinking that it uh, only a meeting can solve it, or yes, this could definitely be solved by Slack. But we have a lot of other ways that we could explore uh, solving our problems. So we've talked about agendas. We've talked about sort of the, you know, being purposeful of people's time. Going back to the sort of very first question, like what makes a good meeting? I can't remember if this was Gene or Molly who said this, but it was, I think it was Gene, judging by Molly's points. Thank you, Molly. Um, seriously, thank you. Um, I want to talk about the importance of facilitation because uh, Gene, you brought that up. And I think that's an underrated aspect of thinking about a meeting because I mean, I could tell you like personally, I have, you know, PM projects and at Titan, the way that we do it, Sometimes the PM is kind of like not just like taking notes, but also kind of like running the show on a weekly check-in call. But sometimes a Titan, it's the lead or the other devs who are kind of like sort of doing more of the demoing and running the show, which allows us to, okay, great. I can, you know, we can kind of take notes or whatever. It's hard to both facilitate and lead at the same time. But I don't think people think about facilitation that way. Gene, is that kind of like along the lines of what you were thinking of in terms of the importance of facilitation or do you? I'm sort of springing this on you, I know, but do you want to talk a bit more about facilitation? Facilitation is like a referee in a sense. Mm. Oh, okay. um, I do agree that it's hard to facilitate a meeting and be fully present and like actively acknowledge things and then also be like the note taker. Um, yeah. So I think if you're like the key facilitator, um, leading the pre whether that's like leading a presentation, whether that's right. leading a discussion and whatever form that that takes, it can be helpful to ask somebody else on the team to take notes so you can kind of be fully present and an active listener. But I think uh, the number one kind of job of a facilitator is, you know, not to be so strict about agendas, but just to kind of keep things focused. You know, yeah. are we 
discussing what we came here to discuss? Are we right. solving, you know, working together to solve, you know, the problem in front of us? Um, and without a facilitator, you know, without somebody kind of keeping track of what you want to discuss and the outcomes, you can kind of get astray and, and go down different routes. And they may be productive in their own right, but you might not have the answers to the original questions that you wanted. So, yeah, I definitely think it's really important for, you know, somebody to take ownership of the meeting. Yeah. And it's helpful if the person requesting that meeting, you know, is kind of taking the ownership. So more often than not, I think that is the, you know, the project manager, but it might be, you know, the lead. It might be a pairing session. You know, somebody might have right. an issue, like a technical issue, and they might request like a ad hoc meeting, you know, and they, because they are aware of kind of the problem that they're having, you know, they'll be able to kind of present the problem to their colleague and, you know, go about it. So I think, you know, facilitating is kind of taking ownership of the agenda and trying to steer it in the right direction. I love that concept of ownership because it really, like, I think pairs so well with agendas to a certain degree, right? I mean, you can have facilitation without agendas. I've seen it many times on, on meetings, right? But if you have an agenda with no, but then there's nobody who like owns that meeting, then you just end up in a world where an agenda is like a wish list, you know? And then if the agenda is just like a hopeful, but it never, but the agenda is not actually what happens in a meeting. Well, pretty soon people don't pay attention to the agenda. Now you kind of, now you've just got these kind of like amorphous meetings, right? And on that idea, I think people love direction. Like if we are, <laughs> I need, I, I'm going to isolate that and we're going to, no, I'm just kidding. So I, I might ask you to expand more on that in a second, but keep going. Molly. I, I mean, like knowing a undirected gathering is very awkward. Like it can feel as though we're uh, having it be a very natural, flowing, chill meeting, but without an agenda and or without a facilitator to guide that discussion, it can feel aimless, especially for the person that said, why the heck is this meeting on my calendar? Anyways, right. I don't, I only have to talk at agenda point four. And if you're kind of aimless, it, it feels uncomfortable. Um, maybe not for everyone, but a facilitator can help with in a bit almost the improv of what can happen in a meeting of mm. pivoting, redirecting, focusing everyone and reminding them because sometimes that is what happens is that we need reminders that we have X number of minutes and we have to cover X number of topics and to have that guidance instead of saying, well, we just hope we get to it. Uh, it, it, it doesn't honor everyone's time. And instead it reminds us that there might be the person that's a little bit more um, type A or focused on that agenda, but they're not in the role of facilitator. The facilitator isn't taking that on. Do, do you want uh, someone else to have to do that and say, hey, guys, let's get back on topic? That have a facilitator already in place, have that direction already decided on, and then it will be a natural outflow of how to have that meeting not be uncomfortable and, and have a purpose for everyone. The idea of meeting facilitation being like improv, like unlocked something in my brain. I was just like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. First of all, how did I never make that connection? But also, I think maybe that explains why some people are kind of mildly terrified of facilitating a meeting, right? Just like improv right. is not for everybody. <laughs> and embracing the awkward sometimes. Yeah. Like, it's okay if we can all acknowledge, yep, that's not how that went to plan or 
man, that was a like, yep, my chair just squeaked at just the right time. Like no, acknowledging those moments that we all just encountered or we all just went off topic. But it's the polite guiding. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be always be strict and stern, but it can be one where we can all enjoy our time together while getting some stuff done. Okay, you talk about enjoying our time together. I mean, uh, all this time I've been listening to you and all I think all I think about is Zoom meetings. I know that's not what you're talking about in general, like it can be in-person meetings, Zoom meetings, but because since the pandemic and the, the world as it is right now, it's a lot of it is about Zoom meetings. So how would you deal with Zoom fatigue? I mean, I don't think it was even a thing before the pandemic, but it definitely is a thing now. So you you talked about enjoying yourself. So how does how do we enjoy ourselves and then combat the Zoom fatigue? Yeah, I feel like meeting fatigue, you know, and it's also it's a lot of it is on Zoom because most of our meetings are on Zoom, especially in a yeah. remote setting. But any kind of meeting fatigue, I think, has always been present in the workplace, and especially so, you know, when so many people were using any excuse to go on Zoom, you know, just to like meet over friends, to have like a drink or. Um, yeah. anything like every aspect of your life was on zoom but in the workplace I think if you are getting invited to a lot of zoom meeting it's good to ask yourself generally am I participating in this meeting and mm. do I have enough heads time heads down time to do my work and if the answer is no that might be maybe you don't need to go to those meetings but let's assume that the answer is not no to those that the meeting is actually a great use of your time and you're still feeling fatigued. So I think in those cases, um, I think a lot of people find, and I've definitely found in my personal instance that sometimes if you're on meeting after meeting, that's on camera. Um, and having those very like close face-to-face -face chats, a lot of eye contact, it just takes a lot more energy. Um, so using an opportunity to turn the camera off could be, you know, help reduce some of that fatigue and pressure. I think um, just kind of be mindful of where you are in the day. So sometimes like I will be glued to my chair for hours and hours and not get up. So mm. kind of just, just thinking about what that where that fatigue is coming from and stepping away from the desk, whether I want to get a cup of coffee or get some fresh air or just taking 10 to 15 minutes for myself to do whatever will kind of just relieve a little bit of stress. If you have back-to-back -back calls, speaking up for yourself and trying to ask for a break in between mm. those calls. You know, when we're on calls, there's not really an opportunity to like go boil some water for tea or to go to the bathroom. And we're all humans and we need to do these things. So making sure that you have a break can be helpful to reduce fatigue. I think um, working with the facilitator of the meeting to plan around your role for the meeting. Because a lot mm -hmm. of times I think fatigue comes from like, you don't know what your role is going to be during the meeting. You know, mm -hmm. you might be nervous that you're going to be put on the spot in front of a client. And I think if you can, you know, talk to the facilitator and eliminate those fears or just talk through like what to expect for yourself mm -hmm. on, on the call, then that can help reduce fatigue. Um, You know, and again, working, you know, working to see if there's an opportunity to get really crazy and like switch all of your meetings to the morning. If that's like a time where like that would just be better for you in your head, do it in the morning and it's out of the way and it's done. Um, yeah. And then also just like trying not to do too much on one call. I think, you know, Dave, Molly and I we were on a, all on a call this week and there was like this separate Slack 
conversation going on. <laughs> we were all like really wanted to respond to it. So Molly was noticing on the call that I was like, Jean, Dave, Molly, like everyone typing. Every, um, so that's like a thing, you know, if I was feeling fatigued that day, which I guess I wasn't. But if I was like, that would be a thing not to do. Like mute your Slack. Do not look at other messages while you're on the call. Just try to be present mm-hmm. on that call. So you're not trying to focus your energy on many things. Um, what I found helpful for me personally, and this is, um, you know, possible because of Titan, you know, when we have our 20% day, if I've had a just like a crazy week, I will do my very best to not do any um, camera calls on a Friday and maybe mm. not any calls at all because it's just nice to have that time just to not like feel like you're kind of put on the spot. So, yeah, just feeling like you can arrange that day. And then I think lastly, Molly kind of touched on this a little bit, but just changing the pace of your meeting. You know, Zoom has themes, you know, emojis, you can, you know, all put on the same background, you can bring your pet to the call, get Dan up on the call, you know, you can really just Dan add, the dog, Dan not the dog, Dan the not our no boss. To Dan. <laughs> just to bring a little bit of like lighter humor to a call and yeah. not making it so serious where you're actually, you know, using it you know, a work meeting, uh, actual meeting with purpose, but using it, you know, as a time to get to know each other and have a little bit of laughter rather than it being, you know, serious and stressful. Um, you can't, you all can't see this because this is an <laughs> auditory experience, but Suzanne is experimenting with different headwear on our Zoom call right now to bring, yeah. bring some needed. Oh, now she has some mustache. She, no, she is uh, Le Susanna right Le now. Susanna, yeah. <laughs> I like that to make uh, Zoom meetings less stressful. Just put some, you know, emojis and what is it called? Video filters on. Yeah. I think it makes things more interesting. I don't know what the clients would think about that, though. You might want to check. <laughs> I think it depends got... on the client, right? Uh, we've, had, yeah. we've had some clients where mustache no problem other clients maybe not so much you know yeah. <laughs> that's okay yeah and then i mean that goes well into my second question i was like what about the cameras on and off so jean you mentioned it's it helps when you when things get too much just turn the camera off and i have to say yes camera on and like we all uh i mean i know you all and we've talked many times before so i feel comfortable but sometimes especially with clients client calls like you feel like you have to sit up straight and be, you know, <laughs> presentable and only look at the screen. Do not look away because then they might think you're browsing the internet. Instead. So, like, what is your opinion about that? Do you think, especially on client calls, is it important to have the camera on? Is it okay to have it off? What would you think? What do you think? Yeah, I think it's definitely okay to have it off. I think this is a sensitive topic for some people because I I think it's our human nature to want to connect with other people, to gauge reactions. And a lot of that energy comes, you know, if I'm nodding in a meeting, you know, listening to you. And um, so I think you're right, Susanna, you know, in those circumstances with clients, you do feel that pressure to have it on. Um, And I think a lot of that also comes to just maybe like prior, our prior lives when two, we weren't working remotely, you know, when we were in person and that was kind of, you know, the fallback, you know, everything was in person, but I think it's just as normal and okay that sometimes we have to have our camera off and, you know, having people have different styles of working and figuring out what fits best into each context 
you know, is a great for solution for that. Keep in mind, you know, when you have a call with a client, sometimes it might be a presentation and it could be better for the focus to be on that presentation rather mm. than your face. You know, there might be moments where you could turn on your camera for a moment and then kind of turn it off. So I think it comes down to, you know, and in, in that in terms of like being attentive and engaging, are there other ways that you can do that if your camera is off? Like, can you put that emoji on Zoom? Can you put that clap, mm. you know, to kind of show people that you're listening, um, even if your camera isn't on, um, because you aren't, you know, when your camera's on, you can have those, you know, nonverbal clues, like I'm mentioning, like, you know, shaking your head or other body language. Um, I think the context is important. So, you know, are you just listening to that discussion with a lot of people on the call? You know, you probably don't need to have your camera on. Um, is it a more sensitive conversation that you're having, like with your boss? You know, you probably do want to have your camera on, you know, so you can kind of maybe have your reactions, you know, just each other's reactions kind of read or um, mm. If you're the facilitator and you're welcoming people for the first time that you've never met, you know, maybe that's appropriate for you to have your camera on and say hi. You know, like you mentioned, Susanna, you know us all well. So, you know, if your your camera is on right now, but if it wasn't, you know, it wouldn't be a big deal because we all know you, you know. Um, yeah. And then I think it just comes down to sometimes, despite any context, it's just not a good day for the camera. Yeah. <laughs> you should yeah, turn it definitely. off then. You know, you might just work better you know, with it off and that's totally okay. Yeah. I, I appreciate that, that all that like nuance gene, because I will admit like for me, I think when the idea of zoom fatigue and camera on camera off, when that whole conversation first came about, it was hard for me because I'm somebody who reads the room when I'm in a meeting and I, I get a lot of intake in from how people are responding to what I'm saying. I'm also somebody who like, as you all can tell, I will, I have to like stop myself from not interrupting to interrupt sometimes. Yes. But also to interrupt, to agree, right. To be like, yes, yes. Like I'm, I'm sort of doing that. And so for me, like nodding, I'm like, yes, like I'm trying to like show that I understand. But on the other hand, as you said, some days, like, first of all, that's not how everybody want. That's not how everybody experiences meetings. And some days it's just, you know, you just need the, you just need the camera off. You know, some days you're like me uh, recording in a room where I forgot to turn the light on and it's storming outside. And so now, my camera is getting very dark except for my face, which is very, very bright because of the reflection of my screen. And normally if, you know, I would, I would turn, turn the video off. So um, one other thing I wanted to, not one other thing, we got a couple other things here, S sort of switching gears. This has been touched on a couple of times, but I want to talk about who should be at a meeting. We've talked about like what a meeting should be about. We've even talked about like how long a meeting should be, but how do y'all decide who should be at a meeting? Cause I think it's easy sometimes to either swing too big uh, we have all been on calls like this where there's like 30 people on a call and you're like, okay, what's going on here? But then uh, it's also sometimes easy to go maybe a little too small, right? And understanding you're trying to respect people's times, but it's like, man, if, you know, if this person were on the call, actually we could have like unlocked something or made a, or made a decision or, or been able to go forward. How do you decide? I, I think with the direction of understanding the type of meeting that we have and the purpose behind that meeting, understanding on one end, like let's say it's a team meeting and we need to like, do you want to share information all at once, a source of truth shared to the entire company, but maybe not everyone is gonna unmute on that call and it's gonna be a major discussion with 30 people on it, but it's still important to likely have everyone together in order to share the information and everyone hear it at the same time from someone without uh, the 
unassumed inflection of type a typed out message. Having something communicated uh, by video or by uh, an audio message to an entire team at once is could be very helpful. Um, but like thinking about the what we focus on with projects and client meetings, knowing does everyone on this meeting gain from this meeting or can they contribute to this meeting in some way? And wondering, does each person either have a question or they have a discussion point that they want to talk about, or there's a topic that requires all the ears within that meeting to hear the conversation involve in order to understand the end point. Now, that should also have us gather uh, the idea of, well, how are we gonna have summary notes and summaries of meetings if everyone had to be there, if, that, if that's the idea, how are we passing along information from that meeting? Could we not have just passed along the information? Well, if it's people that are key decision holders or designers or developers that are implementing those decisions, sometimes it's helpful to have that context before they charge ahead with instructions of action items. Um, I think it's important to also question if, um, if you find yourself on back to back to back to back meetings because you must contribute to all conversations is that how you want to be in your role is that what you should be doing can you be delegating some of those tasks is that how you enjoy spending your time in those back to back meetings um if so please take some of jean's tips on zoom fatigue and getting over the feeling of uh being worn down by meetings because if, whether you're adding a value left and right um you may not need to be on all of those meetings so as a pm we're deciding um, who are the people making decisions that need to contribute to this conversation? Who are the developers or designers that need to uh, weigh in or understand with the client's own words what needs to be solved? Um, how as a PM can we help facilitate and take on maybe a little bit of the burden of guiding the conversation to make sure we hit all the points? Um, and overall knowing, gosh, we don't need every single person on every single call every time we we can mm. we need to be understanding to mix it up um because that's how we're going to get the most value because every meeting likely probably has a different purpose so <laughs> we should adjust the attendees to that purpose well in case it is a big meeting do you think it's okay to leave if you find that it's not for you or you don't need to be there you don't have to sit through a meeting that's not like you've got nothing to add to or would you think it's, it would be considered rude like is it something against the meeting etiquette once you're in a meeting you just have to sit through it regardless what do you think i know you want me to answer with a yes or no i feel like but it's gonna be a major it depends, it depends. and i think it also um comes down to the communication around that and the, especially the trust between the participants in the call. Um, if it is a call with a client and you're on a, a four hour call and it you just drop off, like Dave just made a face and I <laughs> you said four hour reaction. call. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm imagining sure. this big long meeting. Sure. Um, but, but thinking about protecting your mental health on the call saying, I need to go ahead and drop like, I really, I know my workload best I need to go work on something else or not even needing to give a full excuse, but being able to communicate enough of, hey, I had to drop off, um, I'll chat with you later. And if that 
trust has been established and the communication is happening, um, it should lead to little repercussion, no repercussion, no hard feelings about that reaction. And hopefully also um, a discussion around why we're having such long meetings <laughs> and why people feel like they need to Irish goodbye a meeting, just drop off and not say a, a darn word. Why are we having those meetings if that is how participants need to react to leaving? Right. Um, is is that really is that really the best use of everyone's time? It wasn't of that person's. Um, so we have to question how we're facilitating, how we're doing it, the time of day we're doing it, all of those things. Okay. Um, I want to go lightning round real quick here because I'm going to ask a question that we could go in all kinds of directions. So this is for both Molly and Jean. Mm. Daily standups. They good? Bad? Neither? It depends. I'm waiting for an it depends. I'm going to even allow that as an option. Um, who wants to but go we've first? We've already had one it depends. I think we should limit it depends <laughs> to you know only like one each. So one Molly each. can't have it depends one, anymore. One PM each. Okay, so Jean no. can still yeah, take it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I think for like a project that's really huge with a lot of team members and things are moving quickly, yeah. that yeah. a daily stand-up can be productive and to help address questions and blockers and also just provide a regular reliable structure and cadence and transparency. Um, you know, as with anything you have to consider, is it useful to that specific team? Is it natural to the way we communicate? I think at Titan specifically, when we're on a team with, often on a team with two developers and the client team, we're able to communicate very well without a daily stand-up. And that we find that communication in Slack can help fill in any gaps and a weekly call with a client, you know, is enough, you know, in in concert with also Slack. Um, and not to mention that things that are said on a daily standup can often be said in Slack. So you can say in Slack, I'm blocked on XYZ. I have this XYZ question. So I think in situations where like daily standups would be a nuisance, where people are in different time zones, where mm. you know you can communicate in other ways, um, that they don't work best, but you know, every circumstance is different. So I can certainly see some circumstances where, yeah, it depends. It could work. I also definitely see the angle where daily standups are most often advocated for by the folks who are listening to every single person receive their update, such as a PM or a director or CTO that's wanting to hear every single person's update. But the folks who are attending, giving those individual updates may not need to listen to another person's update, especially mm -hmm. in the context of several different projects trying to be managed within a single standup. Um, so if there's not a discussion or an engagement between um, two different folks giving their updates, they're popping in to give and deliver a very, almost a bulleted list, one could say, update to a person who's hearing that all but they're not engaging with the person beside them. Or if another person says, I do have a blocker, I do have a problem. Someone else may be mentally far, far away and they haven't heard that even be mentioned. So while it could have been facilitated to have that be a problem solving moment, it isn't because that 
they could have already checked out. They've already given their update. They get to move along. They've done their part in the meeting um, because these standups end up being often a PM talking to the person giving the update and then next person in line, next person in line. Um, if we thought about, can I, can the PM ask, can a Slack message happen? And if I have follow-up questions, uh, I will ask those. Yeah. Great. And if we question, well, Slack messages aren't good enough, are we having conversations about what good communication is? Whether it's in the stand-up and I, I said, I worked on this issue, this issue, this issue, no blockers. Hmm. Well, that wasn't a very healthy update either. So communication-wise in a meeting or via Slack, what is our standard of good communication for what we're thinking we're going to get out by scheduling a daily stand-up? Yeah, I can't I think that. Oh, go ahead, Susan. I was going to say, like, I think these daily stand-ups are a perfect example when once you give your update, you can just leave. Like, why would we have to hang around listening to everyone else when it most like most likely not nothing to do with our task or our part in the project? So but I don't know if it's, again, if it's the right etiquette. I don't know. <laughs> I think but, Susanna and, wants and to leave some meetings. Until, <laughs> well, and it feels that way as long as you're the, the person. Can I go now? <laughs> If you're the one that got to go first, you're like, absolutely, I want to leave. If you're the last one there and it's oh, you and the yeah. PM and you're like, well, shoot, I guess this could have been a one-on-one -on -one meeting. Like it <laughs> yeah. starts feeling a little bit more weird where you're like, why did we all gather for us to all drop off? I think when the parts are connected to each other and you kind of need that transparency to see what the other person's doing and how it connects to your work, um, and if for, you know, Slack's not the best way to facilitate that, if a stand-up happens to be, that's where, like, they tend to be more useful mm -hmm. rather than just, like, I did task R2, <laughs> you know, like, nobody cares. Yeah, yeah this is bridging the, <laughs> the gap of between, we could have stand-ups, they don't have to be daily. <laughs> they could be twice a week and at standard times where we, the other days, we do Slack updates or we do it once a week. Because sometimes a conversation is really important if we're all on the same project. I think I, I quite like the Titans way of doing end of day updates. I mean, you get daily end of day updates, so you know what people are working on, and then you don't need daily standoffs because this is what it is, right? I mean, th that's what it is. Yeah, I, I can't believe I'm, I can't believe I'm going to defend standoffs. Uh, no, which is not to say that uh, people who are doing standoffs should uh, should feel one way or the other. I think it's just part and parcel of what we've been talking about this entire episode, which is like. I think meetings get a bad rap because sometimes people have bad meetings, but it's like, well, meetings can have a purpose just like standups can have a purpose. And I think, um, you know, to sort of refer to what our, our CTO Matt says is like uppercase a agile versus lowercase a agile. I feel like what comes a lot, a lot of times for teams who are adopting some sort of agile methodology is, Oh, well, we got to have a standup without actually like trying to understand. I'm going to say my favorite phrase, like what problem does this, what problem are we trying to solve with the standup? Like, what is the point of this, right? Is it just to give like a summary? Well, you can do that in Slack. Is it to like get people together who are working on things that might eventually intersect? Okay, let's get them. That actually might be worthwhile to talk out. Is it like, oh, I'm actually stuck and the structure of my team is pretty flat. So like, I don't have like a, a like a, a lead to go to. And instead, I need to like ask the people for their opinion. And this is like the one way I do it. Okay, well, a standup could be super helpful. But I think it's like, it should just be another tool that you use when you when you you know when you need it here i am hmm. with the it depends defense of well you could you, you allowed one so okay <laughs> <laughs> we'll let it slide we're gonna let it slide okay um 
So we are, uh, I think we are actually kind of at time. We have been recording for a little while longer than I expected. Um, I want to thank uh, Molly and Jean for joining us. But before we go, one last thing, which is for either of you, you know, this is for both of you, either of you, however you want to do this. Is there something about meetings that we haven't talked about that you think, yeah, I want people to, to, to hear this from us before they stop listening to this episode. Is there something we didn't ask or didn't touch on that you want to like, you want to get out some hot take or you no, know, some really informed opinion, something that's like, really like, I want to talk about this. Oh, I wish you could see their faces. I, <laughs> they're, they're, they're both thinking hard and also thinking, Dave, why did you spring this on me right now? That wasn't on the agenda, agenda, was it? And yet we know it at the end of every single 20% time podcast, and I should have known. But thinking about the illusion that more meetings equals more contribution to a team or Mm. an illusion of productivity, um, that is an angle that we should fight against, especially in corporate world of let me just add a meeting in order to solve this issue, address this issue, advocate for yourself and know that um, you can have at least hopefully within the company and team that you're at, that you are, you're hoping that everyone's communication and time is used wisely and you can have standards for what the purpose of a meeting is. It's okay to ask, what are we going to be talking about? Like aim for finding intentionality and purpose behind every meeting. Um, and get the most out of it and also explore those tools to sometimes avoid meetings such as Loom or Scribe or a very well thought out bulleted list Slack message, all of that. And as Dave just introduced us to, don't forget to do a time check. Time check, yeah. (laughs) All right, everybody. Molly, Jean, thank you so much for joining Susanna and I. I really appreciate it. Um, This is... I hope I hope been super interesting for folks because meetings are the kind of thing that we whether we like it or not we all have to deal with at one point or another and I hope people walk away from this thinking okay so maybe meetings you know maybe they don't have to suck I don't know it's not much to ask (laughs) Susanna is there anything else you wanted to you wanted to ask I think Molly wanted to say something too (laughs) no I think I mean it's not that I'm not a fan of meetings. I'm okay. <laughs> meetings are You're fine. ready to get off this call right now. No, no, no. But now I feel like empowered that I can speak up. Like mm. If I feel like I shouldn't be there, maybe I'm just going to bring it up and ask, like, do I have to be there? Or maybe I'm not going to have the camera on all the time. Or maybe I'm going to put some funny, silly hat on, like something. Like maybe just meetings don't have to be all serious. Like let's make it more fun, I suppose. And we hit on all those points during this call. We kept it under an hour. We followed an agenda. We, <laughs> there you go. We, we kept it light. And I think we all knew what we wanted to get out of this. And hopefully we all contributed in that way. All right. Thanks, everybody. Really appreciate you two being on. Thank you. Thank you.